Howdy there. Welcome back. I am Sherry Bant and this is episode five of Homeschooling the Herd. All right. So what are we digging into today? I got a few things. Um, one of the topics is it's a little bit, um, it's a little hot right now. It's on all the news programs. Um, we're going to be talking about the education crisis with COVID um, one room schoolhouse and learning by accident. So, all right. So the first topic, education crisis with the COVID going on right now and all of the stuff I turn on, and I won't say the news program that I turned on just, just last night. Um, for those of you who, who have watched this, you'll know which one I'm talking about, but I'm not going to name that. And it doesn't matter what TV channel you're watching, what news program you're watching. You're all probably hearing the same thing that right now there's a struggle with um, schools and, you know, kids getting back to the actual classroom with their peers and their teachers in person, as opposed to having the virtual learning or the online learning. And I don't know, and, and really, in my opinion on all of this, I don't know the degree to, to what each school system is facing and all of that. But what I do know is the words that I'm hearing they frighten me a little bit as a homeschooler. And also they cement the reasons why we homeschool. So um, the little sound bites that I'm hearing are, you know, we're, we're ruining their lives, the children's lives, um, you know, that people care about these kids and they're, they're really getting hurt right now by not being able to be in the classroom in person with their peers. Um, something else that I've heard is they've, you know, they're losing at least, at least three to six months of learning loss. Um, and they got to figure out a way to help them all recover from this. Um, the other thing that's very just alarming to me, and actually I have like, I'll read the actual title to you. Um, but it's that kids, the kids are dying because they're not going to school. And I know that, um, suicide is up right now. Um, or at least that's what we're being told on the news, you know, um, suicide is up more than normal, I guess. And we're having a lot of issue across the nation with, you know, kids and mental, like needing mental help because of the stress of the situation of not being able to attend school. So what I'm going to say here is, um, and actually here, let me read this title to you. This is the journal of American medicine. And they had a study that they released on November 12th that there's an estimation that U.S. children, um, that their educational attainment um, and years of life lost associated with primary school closure during the coronavirus uh, 2019 pandemic. So they're saying that they're going to short this, this closure of the schools over the past year is actually going to shorten children's lives. And if you go on to read it, it talks about, you know, um, that they'll be behind, less chance that they'll go on to higher education. If they can't get into colleges, don't go to higher education, then they can't get good, good paying jobs. And then in turn, if they don't have that, then they're going to end up dying young or younger than what they would have if we hadn't closed schools. Okay, so this is the thing. I don't dispute any of all the crazy that's going on with all this. But there's a few things that, um, what, first of all, if I'm any child, middle school, high school, not so much elementary, because I think the elementary kids are pretty resilient in, in being able to deal with what comes at them, probably better than middle and high schoolers. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, kids killing themselves because they can't go to school. I don't dispute that there are kids that are committing suicide. But I think we have a bigger problem here than the fact that um, they're not attending public school 
And I think that that needs to be talked about. You know, um, to me, it kind of makes me, it just makes me ill because there's a deeper issue with these children and it, and it has to, it isn't because they can't go do algebra or see their teacher. You and I both know, you know, I went to public school. <laughs> um, I didn't have the best experience. Um, that's one of the reasons why I homeschool today, but I didn't my, start my kids not, I didn't make the choice not to have my children start public school. My oldest did. And the reason that we ended up choosing homeschooling was not because of a fear of what the public school has to offer. That wasn't it at all. And I'll talk more about that later. But as it come, coming back to children being harmed by this closure, we should be looking at the bigger picture here. One, we're, we're dealing with um, a group of kids that can't, you know, as adults, we, we have a hard time dealing with what's going on. You know, this has all been tough for all of us and somewhat depressing. So it, we can't expect it to be any different for our children. But the thing is, I think we put so much weight on our kids and they're so peer dependent because of age segregation. I truly believe this. And you might not agree with me on this. But um, and we'll talk about this more with the one room schoolhouse and my thoughts behind this. And I I could be throwing this out here and you might totally disagree with me, but just give it just think about it for a minute. You might not have been this person if you attended public school, but I was a peer dependent adolescent. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be addicted to your friend circle and that be the most important thing in your, in your life and not your family. And that is the thing that I think we're dealing with with these children. It's not that they can't go to school, so they're, they're you know, committing suicide. I think it's an issue of peer dependency and then being addicted to their social circles. And I don't know why people don't see this to be an issue. I mean, when we think about kids in school, there is no other place in society where we age segregate children, where we put them into their little boxes of, you know, their grades and their ages and their, and they have to have their social circle. And I think there's so, I know that you can't have what we have in public education and there's lots of alternatives, but it's not an easy fix. It's kind of like our government. It's so big and, you know, just overwhelming that it's, it takes, it's like small baby steps, but that's for another day. But anyways, I just had to bring this up because the thing is, I think that it kind of concerns me as a homeschooler because I think moving forward, there can be some domino effect to this kind of thinking. If kids are stuck at home, it's bad for them. They're dying. Um, you know, we're ruining their lives. Well, okay. My kids have been kind of at home for the last, you know, 17 years. Now, have we went and done things? Yes. But is that going to creep into the homeschooling community? Because this thinking that school is the salvation for our children, you know, and I could get, I could go into that being a Christian. I believe in, you know, there's a lot, there's even more there. We won't go there. I won't put my preachy pants on. But the thing is, I think that um, as homeschoolers, so this isn't for the newbies even, this is for people who have been homeschooling for a while. If you stumble upon this podcast, we really need to think about how this, this soundbite might come to future affect our freedoms and homeschooling. So it's just a, something I have, I'm prayerful about in the back of, you know, my mind thinking about hearing all of this. It just makes me really uncomfortable and kind of sick to my stomach because I see my children thriving. And I have to say, you know, it's been depressing for them for the last year, but only because of what 
what, you know, they really, honestly, my kids haven't been affected near what other children have been because that we just are the way that our home is set up and the way that we school there, you know, they didn't get thrown off the apple cart per se, because um, we're home, you know, they're not, we're, I'm not dependent on another teacher to teach them. It's me. So if I'm here there, you know, school keeps going. It isn't an issue of being closed down. So anyways, I just think, you know, mass production education equals mass like production results. And I think it's, uh, for anybody who's contemplating homeschooling, I just, you know, give it some prayerful consideration because it is such a benefit to our children. And I think something that COVID has done for us, for all of this, uh, for, for this past year is that, um, you know, we have these expectations of plans for the future and we do this, you know, place them on our children. I, I think I try not to do that. Um, but I know I, I still kind of do, you know, like what you want for them in the future, where they're going to go, what schools they're going to attend, what careers are they going to end up in. And, and I think that, you know, there's no guarantees. And if you set your life up on all of the possibilities and all of that opportunity, and now that opportunity is pulled out from underneath you as everybody sees that to be the case, you know, you feel like your life's over. And I don't think in all of, you know, unless you're a senior, which I feel like they probably did get the shaft this last year in school because, you know, I, you know, it is what it is. They didn't get to really finish. But for the most part, learning three loss of three to six months of education, is it, is, is it really that? I mean, I just, I don't know, blowing it out of proportion. I just think in a lot of ways it's, it's, um it's that, people really need to really evaluate what the goals are for their children and education. I think as people we get, okay, I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to talk about one more thing before we go on to the next, because I know I got to move along here because I could talk about this all day long, but as an adult, there's all kinds of things out there for positive thinking and, you know, change your negative thought pattern and you'll succeed in life. And you can read a hundred million books on it. But when it comes to our kids, for whatever reason, here we are feeding them this crock of crap that their life is over because school's been closed down for a year. It just makes me feel bad for those children. So anyways, okay, I'm going to move on to the next, the next thing. It's one room schoolhouse. I just have to bring this up because talking about school, talking, I want to talk about a one room schoolhouse now. Oh, one other thing is too, if you've never heard the Harry Chapin song, like flowers are red, go find that song read the lyrics. It's so good. It's so good. It'll just, you know, if anybody's on the fence about homeschooling or as a homeschooler, if you've never read that or heard that song, you need to go because it's just such a good inspirational thing for homeschooling. Anyways. Okay. Another thing. One room schoolhouse. All right. So, okay. This is how a lot of schooling started. Now I, I, I should be able to give you the years when, you know, we started to age segregate in schools. But if you think about a one room schoolhouse and like the benefits of that, um, children, they learn to be adaptable when they, when they're with mixed ages. Now, like I said before, there's no other place when you, when you in, end up in the working world, they don't say all the 40 year olds stand over here, all the, you know, 60 year olds, you got to get in the other room, all those 20 year olds, you go, no, you're with mixed ages. So having that mixed age in like a one room schoolhouse setting, you know, kids learn to be adaptable. Um, the older kids can help the younger students. Um, younger students learn from older students. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, it lends itself this type of setting. Okay. So now if you think of a homeschool, 
is kind of a one room schoolhouse. Like you have your homeschool, one room schoolhouse. Now, if you only have, you know, one child or two children, it's not the same. Like for me, where I have, you know, eight, seven of which still live with us. Um, I still, you know, I have ages from um, six to 21 in the house. So you get this whole in the whole gamut in between. So you're getting, you know, a lot of trickle down and a lot of influence from olders and youngers and all of that. But it really helps all the kids to be adaptable with dealing with kids of all ages. And that they'll need it, they'll need that skill for later in life because as you know, in the working world, you need you'll be dealing with people of all ages. So, anyways, if you think about a one-room schoolhouse, it lends itself. We use a, like I had mentioned this before, we use Kono's curriculum unit studies. We use a lot of unit study type curriculum. And and when you're thinking of a one-room schoolhouse, if you if you're teaching to the older students, um, you can slightly alter the same teaching to younger ones at the same time. And I think that's how, at least I I from my studies of it, how one-room schoolhouses, you know, they had kids had to be independent. They had to learn to be self-sufficient, independent. The teacher wasn't hovering over them. They give them the instruction, they do it. But then there's lots of lessons going on at the room in the room, and they're they're immersed in that. And that's kind of like what homeschooling is all about. It is for us, anyways. So I, my suggestion for anyone out there who's homeschooling or wanting to be, and you only have one or two kids, maybe look for a co-op. Now I know um, with COVID that might be hard to find right now. I was kind of thinking that me, we might try to do that as well once things kind of you know opened up here in Michigan. Um, that you, if you can get a group of people, a co-op would be where you're studying, you know, like history together, science together. There's where you have not for age segregation. This is my thing. As homeschoolers, we fall into, like I had talked about in the, the education crisis and the peer dependency, we have to be careful as homeschoolers because um, we feel like we need to socialize our children. The beauty of my situation is my kids, their siblings are their best friends. And because I have such a large family, it just works that way. But um, I think sometimes we just have to be careful as homeschoolers not to fall in that trap of socialization and peer dependency for our children as well, or we'll be fighting a battle we don't want to fight. But anyways, if you can look for a group of kids so you can still benefit, like Conus was big on doing co-op days um, and getting a co-op group together. And, and there is a lot of benefit when kids of all ages work together on, you know, the same topic and learn together. There's a lot of benefit of that. And that leads me into my next thing, learning by accident. Kids are sponges. They are sponges. They are sponges. They are sponges. And mixed age, especially you're going to get now, this is good or bad. So this even goes back to regular school too, you know, kids are sponges and they're going to pick up from other children what they're around. That's what they're going to, that's what they're going to take in too. Now, you know, some, because of personality types, some children are going to be pleasers. Others will be, you know, um, strong-willed. Um, so it just depends on your child's personality type as to how much they're going to absorb in terms of good or bad behavior. But when it comes to learning, um, it is such a benefit to have, you know, mixed ages and be able to have, to, if you, even if you, and this is just a suggestion for any of you out there who have, maybe you have two children, and you have your older kid, your older child is in high school and you have, you know, one in elementary, even if you're not teaching something together, um, you could try teaching like history together or science teach to the older 
and then bring the younger one in. But even if you're not doing that, if you can just talk about the lessons that the older child is learning, even if they're doing more independent work, having those open discussions while the younger ones are there, all of that open discussion, learning, education, reading, they're all benefiting from it. And I will tell you, my children uh, whether they struggle to read or they're good readers, whatever, their vocabularies are enormous. And it's because of just the atmosphere of older and younger all being together and and um, just how that influences each other both ways. Another thing for learning by accident, I want to talk about like, so, okay, so trying history or science, if you're not already doing that, I suggest doing that. You know, trying to... Um, don't feel like, don't get into, this was my thing. I remember with Legos with my son, Carson, my oldest son. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the grandparents will be like, what can I get them? What can I get them for gifts? And they get Legos and they always get it based on age, right? Well, the thing is you and I, if you have Lego lovers, you and I both know, it doesn't matter if it said, you know, like, six to 10, if you have a Lego lover, that's really great at it. They could be, you know, um, I don't know, they could be eight and still do the 15 plus. You know what I'm saying? I think we need to not limit our children by age. A lot of times we do that. So don't feel like your younger children shouldn't be exposed to the more difficult lessons because they're going to benefit from them. Another thing is using audiobooks um, for your kids, just like if you're, you know, cleaning the house or if you're doing things, turning on, if you have, you know, we have like, um, what's it called? The, the Google speaker. I don't even know what it's called, but where you can turn on music, you know, well, put an audiobook on while you're cleaning or doing dishes or where they're, you know, and you guys can all listen to it together. Or if not, give them their device and let them, let them listen to books. The more that you can make it though fun and not say it's school, Honestly, even homeschooling, the better off you are. So if it's a fun thing, kids don't know that they learn that, oh, school, you know, they learn that, oh, school. That's kind of, if, if we're an example of that too, like we don't want to get up and do it, it kind of rubs off on them. So if you try to make it fun, that makes a difference. A couple other things here for this, and I'll wrap it up. Um, another, and I think I read this in a book long ago, I used to sell Usborne books and they had someone had a book. I wish I could remember what the name of that book was, but, um, turning on, um, closed caption on your TV is such a great thing. Or if you have children who are like into anime at all, I don't know if that's anything that, you know, depending on how you feel about certain things, but where they actually have to read subtitles, it's such a good thing. It's such a good thing. So that's another, like, you know, it's learning by accident. And then the, the last thing I'll close with this is read aloud to your kids, you know, reading to your kids. Um, it, it just can, it, it just helps them. It doesn't matter how old they are. They don't have to be little kids. They can be high schoolers. My 21 year old loves to listen to us read our books for school and she helps out as well. Um, so, you know, it, if you can have a nightly reading or read aloud or read the pay, whatever you're, if you're reading a magazine, if you're reading, share it with them, read it aloud. It makes a difference hearing the words. It just helps them. It helps them grow. And again, they're learning by accident. And then it sparks, you know, curiosity too, to share, like, what are you learning? What are you reading? All of those things. So I don't know. I hope this was helpful. And, I, and if you stumble on this and you're not a homeschooler, you're not sure if it's for you. And if you have one takeaway, it's this very last thing. Read to your kids because it can make all the difference for them in the future. You want your children to love books and love learning. And that's a good way to start.
It is. It's a good way. So thank you for listening. I hope you have a blessed week and I hope you'll join me again. Again, check out um, Anchor. We're, I'm recording this on Anchor. Um, it's by Spotify, but anchor.fm forward slash homeschooling the herd. I have a link to our website there. Uh, if you'd like to send me a message, I'm on MeWe as well. So Sherry Bant on MeWe, if you want to um, connect with me there. We're trying to start a new group um, up on MeWe as well. And I've got that information there. But um, anyways, I appreciate you listening. And I hope that you will be back here next week to listen again. Thanks so much for listening. Have a blessed one. Mm-hmm.